Isaiah 9, starting with verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Galatians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Merry Christmas from the Neverland Podcast. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. Merry Christmas! What is this? Up to Neverland! Ho, 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 ho! Come in and know me better, man! Ho, ho! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Stir whip 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 stir. Stir whip stir whip 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 stir. Stir whip stir whip stir whip stir. Hey Eric. Oh, what's for supper? I'm making lumpy oatmeal. Oh wow. Well, you you better go ahead and get your pixie out of your pocket because I think you better put some pixie dust in that stuff. Because if you have any happy thoughts about Lumpy, uh, you might want to grab those as well, because it's time to fly to Neverland for our Christmas party. Woo! Woo-hoo! Oh, mm-hmm. hey, so y'all know Lost Boy Eric, but I'm Jeremy. You can call me the Spider-Pan. I'm head Lost Boy around here in Neverland. And I tell you what, Christmas gets me so full of pixie dust, because I, I love Christmas. So. Well, I, I agree. And, and you know, I got to say, even better than knowing and loving Christmas myself, it's watching my kids grow to love it as well yeah if i had kids then i'm sure i would be in the same boat but right now the cat doesn't really seem to care (laughs) hey but the great thing about neverland is we can all be kids that's right i have never grown up i just got taller and fatter (laughs) i won't say how i got rounder (laughs) yeah that's it i i'm round like a christmas ornament there you go there you go But this is basically just our Christmas special. We're going to just have some fun. We're going to have pretty much an extended story time. We've all got some great Christmas poems. You're going to hear from me. You're going to hear from from Lost Boy Eric. You're even going to hear from Pixie Heather reading some great Christmas poems, some classics that are all little fun stories. But, you know, we can't just do Christmas because this is a heck of a movie weekend. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, at least I got plenty to do all week. Mm-hmm. with all of the movies coming out. So, hey, you know, it's a good time. It's a great time. A great time for the great taste. I'm not, never mind. <laughs> There's an old ad. But So we had Mary Poppins Returns open on Wednesday, and then Aquaman and Bumblebee opened on Friday. I managed to get two of them in. <laughs> well, that's one more than I. 
<laughs> yeah, and the Aquaman was kind of a surprise because I, I figured of making a choice of what I was going to review this week, I thought, well, we're a Disney show. I should probably go ahead and watch Mary Poppins, although, yeah, as you know, I was skeptical about it. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and go for it. Uh, but then as we were on the way to the theater to watch Mary Poppins, Lost Boy Phil gave me a call. And since uh, he's you know having some medical problems, he's not allowed to drive. And he's like, well, I want to go to Aquaman this afternoon, but I have to have somebody who wants to go with me. And so I said, you know what? I'll do it You because know, I wanted to see Aquaman anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the funny part about this, boy, I tell you, we, uh, I spent $5 a ticket uh, using my AMC app to go to Mary Poppins. But then going to an afternoon showing of Aquaman, and the only showing is available within the time frame that he could go, was at this B&B theater where instead of an IMAX, they project the film not only in front of you on a four-story screen, but it comes along, the IMAX parts come along the sides on the walls as projected, so you feel kind of immersed whenever you go underwater, and that then it all starts going on the sides. So uh, it was pretty neat, but holy cow, it cost me 20 bucks a ticket. Mm. Yeah. That hurt my pocketbook. <laughs> but that means I can review Aquaman for you all this week as well. All so, right. So we've got all kinds of good, wholesome Christmas joy that hopefully you get to hear on Christmas Eve. And if you're listening to it a little bit late, then, well, it's still Christmas for a week. I, I will not stop until after January 1st. That's a, that's a good time to stop then. Yeah, it usually is. And it's it's always a little bit regretful. <laughs> you know? So like, oh, it's time to take down the decorations. Time to stop I listening cry, to my Christmas music. I cry the day I take the Christmas tree down. And especially now, I've got some of the best Christmas music uh, now just today that I didn't even know was available until you <laughs> sent me that message. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got a special treat in store with that. <laughs> a very spidey Christmas. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be for a joke in Into the Spider-Verse, but they actually have a five-song EP available on iTunes. Featuring all of the voices from the film. Well, not all of them, but several voices. Yeah, nearly every Spider-Man basically has got in there. (laughs) And it's funny. I liked it. You know, so... Well, we got to recommend, and I will try to make sure I put a link in the show notes to go and purchase yourself a copy on iTunes. I appreciate it when you purchase it through us because that means we get a nickel, you know. So. <laughs> and believe me, every nickel counts. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a great little EP though. It's got uh, Chris Pine as uh, Spider Man, and it's got jo- uh, was it Jake Johnson or uh, yeah, Jake Johnson, I believe. Yeah, Jake Johnson as Spider Man. It's got. Um, and I'm forgetting. The, it's got the voice of Miles Morales. And mm-hmm. it's got one other special Spider-Man associated with it as well. Oh, yes. And if you've ever watched any of the old 1967 Spider-Man, you'll understand what voice they're trying to go for. <laughs> it's the only time you'll ever hear Spider-Man with a deep voice. Well, there you go. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a great album. So we're, I'm still having fun. Up on the housetop, whip, whip, wham. In swings good old Spider-Man. Isn't Santa with all his toys? He's saving the city for the girls and boys. And you know, we have a tradition we started, I guess, two years ago. Yeah, I guess it's, it's been two yeah, years. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Where we've gotten onto YouTube on the evening. Uh, I don't know when this week I would get this to happen, but I, I'm still trying to figure out if I can make this work because we usually like to do a good year in review. And so uh, we'll try to maybe get something going. I'll try to make sure everybody knows and joins us on YouTube. Uh, I usually like to have guests, but I, you know, 
I haven't really been able to get on this. I mean, I've I've been a little swamped with graduating, and then I'm out job hunting like you wouldn't believe, and stressing that you know now that I have the degree, I feel like I should be able to jump right into a career, but you know it takes time, and I'm not having the patience, and I'm getting a bit frustrated with that I'm not landing right into something right away, and when you start getting those rejections back from places that you thought, oh, this place is I could do that job, and so there's a lot of things I can do now with this degree. A lot of things that would be interesting, and it's it's always disappointing when you start getting you don't even get the opportunity for an interview, or you never hear back from certain places that you thought you were perfect for that position if they'd have just taken the time to interview. Okay, but I don't want to bring this down. But you know that's I I've been dealing with that, and so I don't feel like I've put the effort in yet to really make a good year end show. So I, I'm, I'll figure that out. Uh, but if y'all check out Wookie Radio this week, which is part of our Weeby Geeks Network, I did do a guest appearance on that this week. And I'm thinking about using some of that audio because we did go through some of the, the good and the bad of Star Wars in the past year. Uh, and so, you know, stuff even to look forward to for Star Wars coming up in 2019. <clears throat> nudge, nudge. Y'all probably know what's uh, coming up in 2019. <laughs> If you don't, well, we'll be happy to tell you about it. <laughs> if you don't know this is happening, your socks are about to get blown right off. Well, you know, I did. I do want to say, I know we're not talking news this week, but I did hear a rumor. Rumors are rumors. But I have heard that all security personnel at Disneyland have been told to expect no time off. All hands are going to be on deck for May 4th of 2019. Hmm. That wouldn't surprise me. Think so about we'll the overtime, see. though. <laughs> They're going to make well, all kinds of money. That's true. But, you know, may the 4th bring us something uh, interesting. Yeah. Although, uh, I guess the openings... See, Disneyland was going to open in spring, but Walt Disney World, I don't think, is opening until the fall. Yeah, quite late so, in the fall, from what I, we've heard. Yeah, so we won't... I don't know if it'll be quite as bad, but maybe security needs to be there just to make sure people aren't jumping the wall to take a peek. Oh, that's true. That could be. But it's a pretty high wall to jump. Uh, yeah, but, you know, you get enough Force users in there and they'll find a way to do it. <laughs> I think those, that would just be Dark Side users, though. Well, some Jedi can jump pretty high, you know. We did see yeah, some yeah, of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Jedi can jump. That's right. They, you know, they might want to peek. They wouldn't jump over, but they'd jump up high enough to take a peek, you know. That oh, but Je Jedi wouldn't do that to satisfy their curiosity. Oh, but see, the force is used for knowledge and defense and, you know, knowledge. <laughs> well, we have yet to see, but you are correct. 2019 will definitely be an interesting year for Star Wars. Yep. And heck, we're going to even wrap it up with episode nine at the end of the exactly. year. So, mm -hmm. so I don't know when the Mandalorian premieres, but that might even happen in 2019. I mean, because well, Disney Plus is coming up and. Yeah, you got the Mandalorian. You've got the. Um, uh, the uh, Cassian Andor series. Yes, indeed. Coming, as well as the final season of The Clone Wars. Ah, so much. So much. Yes. But uh, so, another odd thing, though, with it, uh, this is a weird elephant in the room. Uh, so oh, that's what that was. <laughs> Which makes me wonder if Abu's going to turn into an elephant. Uh, but we got a good look at our, our three star players in Entertainment Weekly of Aladdin, Jasmine, and the Genie. And the only one that really looked good was Jasmine. Her costume looks fantastic. Mm hmm Yeah. And yeah, even some of the pictures really inside. Although the, some of the other pictures I've seen, Jafar looks pretty cool, too, I think. Uh, I've seen uh, post-tagged sexy Jafar. <laughs> kind of scares yeah. me. 
Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to somebody have that wicked chin and that that beard that's so twisted. Twisted. <laughs> but apparently the big story was that Will Smith is not blue. What a world, you know, which he would look really weird if he just turned him blue. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. would look right. Um, he'd look like one of the blue man group or something. Uh, so Will Smith did go to Twitter and say that, no, the genie's going to be CGI, except for he's going to take a human disguise, which makes sense. Sure, he can take a human mm-hmm. disguise when he's helping with the Prince Wish. But here's my question. If he wants to disguise himself and fit in in Arabia, shouldn't he look like an Arabian and not like an African? Oh, come on. You you, you, you need to have a you know shock of hair going through the top of your skull right there. Sure. Kind of a... Kind of a circular mohawk. Sure. <laughs> so it seems a little little Shazam weird to me. <laughs> if, if anybody remembers that movie. <clears throat> if anybody saw Shazam that Shazam or Kazam? Or was it Kazam? Yeah. yeah well, either way. It was Kazam starring uh, Shaq. Uh, Shaq. And then there's also the movie nobody ever remembers, but everyone claims was there. Kazam starring Sinbad. And that's an interesting uh, Mandela effect. Thing right there. Anyhow, no, no, no. <laughs> you were thinking uh, of Kazam with Shaq. Yes, I was. That's what I was thinking. That's because that to me is what Will Smith kind of looks like to me. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> did I say to me twice? Yes. Is this twice as important to be good to go into me? Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's time to hear our first poem, and then we'll come back with our review of Mary Poppins. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Christmas Greetings from a Fairy to a Child by Lewis Carroll Lady dear, if fairies may, for a moment lay aside Cunning tricks and elfish play Tis at happy Christmastide We have heard the children say Gentle children who we love Long ago on Christmas Day Came a message from above Still, as Christmas tide comes round, they remember it again. Echo still the joyful sound, peace on earth, good will to men. Yet the heart must childlike be, where such heavenly guests abide. Unto children in their glee, all the year is Christmas tide. Thus forgetting tricks and play, for a moment, lady dear, we would wish you, if we may, Merry Christmas, Glad New Year. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! All right, now, I... Admittedly, and I even said it already this show, I was skeptical when I heard they were going to try to do a sequel to Mary Poppins, but at least thankfully it wasn't a reboot. No, it wasn't. It most definitely was a, a, a sequel. And I, I've got to say, I was pleasantly surprised, and I actually had some fun with this one. I have to agree. I uh, went in, you know, a, as you did when I first heard of this, I thought, oh, Why? Why do they want to go in? They've had 50 years of Mary Poppins as it is. They got to make, uh, um, oh, now I'm blanking out on the Broadway adaption. Yeah, the Broadway adaption. Which I'd like to see. 
they they had saving Mr. Banks. So Great they movie. were able to tell the behind the scenes, well, a behind the scenes story, yeah. maybe not the <laughs> behind the scenes story. Right. But, uh, you know, I felt that for the most part, uh, what else could they do with Mary Poppins? And they did a wonderful and fantastic job. Yeah. Now, the, the part about this that I find to be interesting is it felt like they followed the Mary Poppins formula. Oh, we yes. Have you have, of course, here, uh, here is us doing some sort of chore and Mary Poppins making it fun. This mm-hmm. time it's taking a bath. Uh, we'll also jump into some sort of artwork and have a great animated bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We did that again. And even having something equivalent to a lullaby, uh, which will become important for the conclusion of the film and the climax of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even have a step in time style number where you have a lot of layman's who are friends of our, our Bert style character come in and have a fantastic dance number. So it, in a lot of ways, it replicated what we'd already seen. And well, I, I didn't mind so much, though. I, 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 I don't think I could have accepted anything less. Well, you forgot mentioning visiting a relative of Mary's on the sea. Right. And well, I tried uh, to forget that part because uh, Heather and I both agree we were not that impressed with. I mean, it, there was some fun stuff going on there, but Meryl Streep wasn't that entertaining to us. But I, you know, personally, we don't really like Mer- Meryl Streep. And I, I couldn't hardly understand what she was saying when she was singing. But we try to forget about that part. <laughs> well, and you've also got the, the children causing a commotion at the bank. Yep. Uh, you getting got... their father fired. Yep, yep, yep. And, and you uh, have Jane Banks instead of her mother, who's who's out there doing some sort of cause. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it was like watching well, Mary Poppins again. <laughs> and then there's a joke about a man with a wooden leg named Smith. I love that they did that. <laughs> I love that that light came out. I almost clapped. <laughs> I was but, like, yes. But you know. But you know what? While, while it had many of those same plot beats, um, I like the way that they did them differently. It, it certainly was a, a twist and a change in how they approached it. Uh, certainly the, uh, the, the action and the, the storyline was built you know, primarily to explain why Mary's there, what Mary needs to do, and how the family grows closer and you know, overcomes their problems in the end. Yeah, which is pretty much what we would want. So to me, I felt like, you know, Disney, I I don't know if they fully have recaptured some of the magic of classic Disney. I felt like some of that magic has tapered away and through mm-hmm. these years. But, you know, reaching back and trying to like, well, here's what how the magic worked back then. Let's try to recreate that magic. And I felt like they did. Uh, when we get when we get to the end, we, we do have a let's go fly a kite kind of song. I will not tell who the cameo is because I didn't know it was coming. And we were so happy <laughs> to see somebody show up. We did not expect, so I'm not even going to say, but, oh, it was great to see them. We were like, yay! Mm-hmm. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, but well, overall, I, I mean, this, Mary basically helps the, the Mr. Banks by teaching the children's lesson, the children lessons through songs and through all these different adventures, and those kids come along and then end up teaching it to their father. That's kind of how the first movie went, and that's kind of what happened this time, too. The mm-hmm. difference is... The songs I felt were a bit more clever in the original, and the, the lessons were more subtle mm-hmm. and, and playful. I mean, a spoonful of sugar keeps helps the medicine go down was what we got before, and we learned a lesson from it. Now, this time, we've pretty much got Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover, which is an old adagio, and we had a song that that was the lesson. I mean, it, it didn't seem feel like the songs were as clever in teaching the lessons. Right. But they were still great songs. I still enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, what I really liked was the little motifs back to the original Mary Poppins, where, you know, you heard uh, a snippet of Spoonful of Sugar 
or yep. Fidelity Fiduciary Bank, uh, yep. where you had those uh, even even feed the birds. Yeah, I expected and to see the bird lady at one point just for giggles. Didn't you see her? I, well, I, there was a bunch of birds that popped up, but I didn't. I didn't really see the bird lady so much. There, there were a bunch of birds and a bird lady. Okay, so she must have been there. I just didn't. I was kind of looking, but I guess I didn't look enough. I did see a bunch of pigeons popping around over there, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder if they got her in there. That would be fun. Yeah. There oh, is a nice was... throwback to that, though, but I won't say why. <laughs> but there was such a great throwback to it at the end of the movie that I was like, yes! Mm-hmm. Well, and I really do like the way that they brought Tuppence into it as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what I was referring to. <laughs> oh! <Whoops. laughs> I was dancing around it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's important, and it was very nicely wrapped into the movie. And I was like, yes. oh, that's great. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of was surprised by one element that I thought we were going to see happen, but not. Um, there's a, a piece of paper that's thrown into a fireplace. Yeah, and I expected it to come back. I, yeah, I would have thought that would have come back much like Jane and Michael's note mm-hmm. uh, in the original. But it all still worked out in the end. Yeah. Heather kind of pointed out that in the original Mary Poppins, he tears up that letter, and mm-hmm. but it not and he throws it in the fireplace, but it doesn't burn. Right. This time we see it actually. Th- this this paper's thrown into the fire and burned. So, True. but I'm like, well, Mary Poppins can make that come back. That's what Mary mm-hmm. Poppins does. Exactly. And further proof that Mary Poppins is a Ravenclaw. She seems to be friends with Mrs. Weasley. Oh no, I mean Ellen the maid. <laughs> well, uh, Ellen the maid wasn't Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> sure, it so wasn't. I, I, I don't. I don't want to disavow you of that, but no. Uh, that was a, that's a different actress, I believe. No, that was Mrs. Weasley. Hmm. Yeah. We'll check. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I recognized your name in the opening credits because I liked the credits so happening at the beginning like a proper movie should. You and know I was what? Like, oh, I, I confused... didn't know she was in this. And then when she came out, I was like, oh, look. There we go. That's it. I confused that actress with another actress. But yes, <laughs> I understand now. Okay, yes. I got it. And she Completely was so great. It. She was. Oh, I, yeah. love, I love the cast in this. Lin Manuel Miranda. I don't know that I've ever seen him in a role so much, but mm-hmm. he was great. And I love he, the little nod to Bert. Oh yes, yes. And you know, now I really wish they could go back and include a little lamplighter in the original. Oh yeah, nudity's sake. But yeah, but so uh, like, you well, know that could have that could have happened after Mary Poppins had left. You know, he yes. took on Prentice. So yeah, which was certainly is is very possible. But uh, again, that even he has a connection to the Banks family. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to say I was a little upset that Miss Lark in the park did not have Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wish we'd have had a little bit more resolution for the uh, the keep off the grass guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he didn't get a full arc, I, I fear. Yeah. But... but- Overall, great fun and definitely worth uh, worth seeing. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Yes, uh, I, I had to get, grab the soundtrack right after we walked out of the theater. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, I bought it on iTunes. I don't have a physical copy, but, you know, it's on iTunes, mm-hmm. so I have it. I haven't got a chance to sit and listen to it because so far the songs are not as memorable as the original, but that might just be because I haven't listened to them a, a bazillion times. Well, and we've had 50 years to get to know the originals. Right. So, you know, give it some time because they, they very much kept this style and feel of the classic. And I even have to give some credit to Emily Blunt. I think she actually did a pretty good job of mm-hmm. being the prim and proper with a twinkle in her eye. Well, you know, the the thing that, that pushed me to... to believing her as a character uh was you know 
Mary Poppins does not put up with nonsense coming from anybody else. <laughs> and she certainly put people in their place. Yeah. Uh, but 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 one of the things that really surprised me was a little growl that she would put into some of the uh, musical pieces. Yeah, that was different. Yeah. And like that, the, you know, I guess it was a part of the, that cabaret show one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that part, was pretty part, weird. Yeah. It was also during the you know, as they were taking the, the carriage to yeah. the music hall. Yeah. And so it was just a little bit different. But you yeah, know what? They they part of it is trying to evolve the character and move her onward. And, you know, it, it was something that I, caught me by surprise that I just liked. Yeah, and it, it seemed to fit the style of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, though. Oh, having yes. just that little bit of, you know, little kick, which was, I think was what they were also with the cabaret show, which felt a little out of place mm-hmm. for that song. But I was like, I, well, you know, supercalifragilistic is a little body, a little bit, you know, it's it's kind of kick-liney, kind of fun. So yeah. I was like, I, it kind of fit that style, but it was a, a weird look for Mary Poppins. Well, it was the, it was the rum punch part of ah, Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> so, but overall, we de- if you haven't got to see it because you're sitting there going like, oh, well, they can't do it without Julie Andrews, just go and just have fun because it's yeah. it's really, it was actually great. Yeah, just just go, just enjoy it. Um, it, it pays very, uh, it's, it, it's a true homage to the original. And while it will never replace the original, it it's not meant is, to anyway. <laughs> exactly. It is. It, it is a really good and fun movie on its own. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a tribute. Yes. Yes. And there's some pretty good laughs, even the singing stuff you kind of expect, like a, when you see Mary Poppins sliding up the banister in the background. I, we laughed. <laughs> it was great. Well, and and again, that was uh, it was a well, I won't say it was subtle, but they they shot it in a way that I wouldn't have expected. <laughs> the way that it was shot. Mm-hmm. So, yep, great fun. Um, I think we, have we wrapped up everything we can say about it? I think we have. Uh, it's a great show. Go catch it. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Chris Kringle by Edith M. Thomas Oh, I laugh to hear what grown folk tell the young folk of Chris Kringle in the Northland where unknown folk love to feel the frost wind tingle. Yes, I laugh to hear the grown folk tell you young folk how Kris Kringle travels round the world like lone folk, none to talk with, always single. Would a grim and grave old fellow, not a chick or child to care for, keep a heart so warm and mellow that all children he'd prepare for? Do you think, my little maiden, he could ever guess your wishes, that you'd find your stocking laden with a doll and a set of dishes? No, the truth is someone whispers in the ear he hears best with what to suit the youngest lispers, boys and girls, and all the rest with. Someone, ah, you guess in vain, dear, nestled close by old Chris Kringle, laughs to see the prancing reindeer, laughs to hear the sledge bells jingle. Dear old lady, small and rosy, in the nipping Christmas weather, nestled so close, so warm and cozy, that these two chat for hours together. Oh, her step is always lightest, and her smile is much the oddest, and her eye by far the brightest spies the stockings however modest. So, if I were in your places, Rob and Hal, and Kate and Mary, I would be in the good graces of this lovely, shy old fairy. 
But I laugh to hear the grown folk tell you young folk how Kris Kringle travels round the world like lone folk, none to talk with, always single. To Disney and beyond! Alrighty, well I need to start the car, but uh... So, Lost Boy Philip the Kryptonian, you're going to hold this for me. Sure. Hello there. How are you doing? We just walked out of Aquaman. Aqua- Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I better make sure the radio doesn't kick on now that I think about it. Sure. Because uh, we got to drive you back home. You bet. So, this is my second movie of the day. And actually, yes. I liked this one better, i got to say. Oh, that's uh, amazing. I haven't seen that other film yet. <laughs> and it's a great film. Which a review for Mary Poppins will hopefully have been played by now if I, sure. if I put everything in a proper order. And I did love Mary Poppins. That was great. I did like awesome. it. I can't wait to see it. I'll be seeing that on uh, Christmas Eve. But uh, this one here, and this is like those that underrated uh, superhero. Oh, yes. I'm always seeing that. The thing is, this wasn't really a superhero movie. This was more like a Lord of the Rings. Yes. Mixed with a little Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars, Tron. Oh. You know, I even yeah, felt a lot of... very Tron. Yeah, I, I felt a lot of He-Man, Thor, yes. you know. This is what the first Thor movie should have been like. Jeremy could tell you, Lost Boy Phil, that's me. I'm talking third person. Now, I have been defending Aquaman for decades, haven't I, Jeremy? <laughs> yes. I've been defending that character, and it's because since I was little, and I'm talking two years old, I watched the Aquaman at the time. They called him Aquaman. Aquaman. Uh, There's the old uh, filmation and uh, uh, cartoon. Uh, I loved it. Now, it was really a dumb cartoon. I recently bought it. And <laughs> it's not good animation. It really isn't. I, I was recently watching it, the one I bought, and it's almost embarrassing to watch. But I still love the character with Aqualad and all of that. Yeah. It's I want to see Aqualad pop up. No, oh, man, that Aqua. would be great. I really like Aqua. Yes. <laughs> but I got to tell you, when I first heard who they were going to have play Aqua, man, this was back in the Zack Schneider days and all, I wasn't all that thrilled, but I like the actor, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I got to say, I'm, I, I I go back on that. Well, at the time, too, I didn't know they were going to give him any blondness at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that he has done a great job. And I'm also going to say, because of his uh, handsome, rugged ways that the women love, it's also brought some uh, attention to Aquaman. So yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I think he's great. Yeah, and uh, overall, I got—I mean, this film is, I'm, at its heart, it's a bit of a love story, really, between his parents. Oh, which is great. I mean, that was that was kind of like a big focus of a lot of the story, really. The beginning and the end. It. And I thought yeah. it was it was really heartfelt. I loved that. Yes, it was a great love story. And then it was an epic fantasy. I mean, yes. you had fantastic creatures and monsters and all kinds of stuff. And they know. could not have done this in the 80s or the 90s. They no really way. couldn't have. They, I don't even think they could have done it 10 years ago, at least not as boldly and wonderful as they did. The music was great. Yeah. I must say this, too. This is what I was about to say a while ago. Willem Dafoe. Oh, he, he was so great. He was great. And and finally, finally, Willem Dafoe has played a, a character who is not evil. <laughs> He's not... I'm not used to well, that. Platoon, he wasn't evil. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. But I'm talking about in the comic bookish type of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm so used to him having a snot. Now I shouldn't say that because who knows in the future? Maybe I don't know that character well enough. Maybe in the future he's going <laughs> to stab him all the back. Yeah. But as far as I know, he's not that way. But anyway, he's he did great. Everybody did great. A lot of good actors. A lot of a lot of great people in it. I really really enjoyed it. And surprise, I did not know Dolph Lundgren was going to be in this. I forgot. I, I read it a long time ago, and because of the little bit of a He-Man feel to it, I thought that was really, really appropriate. <laughs> yes. It's a few lines he said. I almost felt uh, that he was going to say, 
and it was always between us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but my goodness, uh, we don't really run a giveaway. Too no, many no plot points or spoilers or anything. Uh, but I mean, this. Like I said, it didn't feel like a comic book movie because, you know, he has a superhero moment. It is, I do find it interesting. I didn't know how, how similar this is in the comic, but I like that he does show a bit of regret yeah. for a decision he makes early on that I was like, wow, you guys have been better off if Superman had shown up because Superman is a bit more merciful. Yeah. <laughs> but but he, it's, it, he's as powerful about, like, it was about like Superman showed up except for it was more merciless uh, when he's dealing with some pirates. But I love that he creates his own worst enemy. Yeah, I kind of like that in some ways because he is human. Yeah. He has that, that human part, which we all do. I mean, we all make mistakes. And yeah. I I kind of like that part, that, that he is human, so therefore humans make mistakes. Yeah, and but boy, did he make one. I also kind of like, though, in a lot of ways that uh, they show in this movie, because people just don't see this about Aquaman. Most of the times people say, well, all he does is talk to animals and swim and breathe underwater. No, that's not true. One thing, Smallville, whenever they had Aquaman, they showed that he is very powerful. I mean, he oh, beat yeah. up Clark Kent underwater. <laughs> he is very He's Basically, he's Superman underwater uh, and then some. He could do, and I'm not saying he's more powerful than Superman, but I'm saying he is Superman underwater. Yeah. And he has certain abilities that Superman doesn't have. Uh, and, and a few other, now that's not to say he's better than Superman, but he does have Superman abilities and more things underwater that certain other abilities. Yeah, and because his body is adapted to be able to live in the high pressures of underwater, it makes him extremely powerful and nearly darn invulnerable. Yeah, and he's powerful out of water. Yeah, Yeah, out of water, in the water. And I like, uh, in the, and I, I, I didn't realize this was a thing, like his inability to communicate with uh, with all types of sea life, even the big monsters, Yeah, seems to stem from the fact that he is the true king of Atlantis. Yes. Yeah, he's a, the no, connector. Even, I like how he surprised even Mira. Mira didn't realize he could do that, you know, when he starts communicating with the whales there at one point. Yeah, he's, like, he's the connector. He's the connector of, uh, of the world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, too, is uh, there's a lot of... Oh, a lot of kind of comebacks to Pinocchio, and, and you know, I kind of like that. They, yeah. There was a lot of stuff they said and did that were wonderful, you know, references, and that was kind of neat. I like that. And I like the way, I mean, at times it's dark and grim, and at other times it's bright and colorful, you know, whatever served the needs yeah. uh, to the story. I mean, the, the just the look of the whole thing was just yeah. amazing. I felt like I was in a whole other world, and that, yeah. in the theater that we went to see it in, we didn't realize we were doing this when we bought the tickets. At least I didn't. It was a, uh, it was the kind of theater where suddenly out of nowhere it will light up on the sides, and you have, yeah. uh, you know, you have scenes that are on the sides of yeah. the wall. It's basically, I think, it's like the IMAX. Print, yes. Except for instead of the screen all in front, this one they did a sort of a wraparound on the sides where they project the an additional screen on the sides to kind of make you feel a bit more emerged. And suddenly so you're like, underwater in yeah. this brand new bright. On the yeah, you're in the bright world, and I swear I did almost hear that music. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when the octopus was playing the drums. Yes. I was going. Yes. I swear to you, on there's the an octopus sea. on the drums. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Was it. So great. Now there might be some people who are. are kind of a Zack Snyder fans and to ease their own. And he was a producer. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But what I was going to say was uh, they may be in the mood for a very dark, gritty. You're not going to get that. But there's mo- moments where it may seem dark. But the yeah. point is, is this is kind of trying to brighten up that world, which it, sh- it needs. Yeah. Because it is comic book. I mean, let's, let's look at the Avengers for a minute. Um, it has its moments of darkness and seriousness, but it also has its bright... Uh, wink wink moments you know tongue in cheek which it needs because it's comic book 
Yeah. That's what I loved about the Avengers. It was finally opening up the, you know, the, before that, people were like, well, we can't do that because it's a movie. Pardon me, but to heck with the movie thing. It is comic book first, yeah. then movie. Have fun with it for crying That's out loud. That's it. They, they finally learned it. They're like, have some fun, bright colors, big action, big adventure. Oh, and yeah. don't be, you know, it's... It's don't Michael Bay, but it's okay to occasionally blow something up in a big way, but have it make some sort of sense. You know? Yeah, they went somewhere in the middle. And I yeah. thought that was pretty somewhere good. Somewhere and balance it out. That's you it. Know. Balance is it. That's the key, really. And have great characters. Yeah, they did. And yeah, they certainly did. The characters were fantastic. And uh, I mean, you you kind of you understood the characters. They were able to communicate things without dialogue. I love the entire scene where there's not much dialogue. But when, when Mira, who was gone through, and she says, well, I hate the surface world, too. And they go to of this beautiful location in Sicily, Italy. And she's getting to, uh, you know, see this, the surface world in a whole new way. And there's a great scene with this little girl. Uh, but you can see her. And there's even some comedy in there, which I don't want to spoil. No. But, you know, she conveys so much with just with no dialogue, but just a bit of music. And the actress, she did a great job of just taking a new look at things. Yeah. And just like, oh, well, you know, well, I, you know, there's, there's problems. Yeah, there's problems under the sea, just like there, you know, there's sure there's problems. That's under the right. But she's like, you know, well, the, under the sea, we've got some issues too. And I can't just judge all of the surface because of the problems. Just like, you know, Arthur Lawrence, he can't judge all of the under the sea by, you know, a really bad event that does happen. And, well, uh, he, I, I can't see anymore. But yeah, yeah. A bad event that why he doesn't want to go back is kind of a big thing. Uh, I believe, honestly, that this, I hope, will do well, this movie. I think it well overseas. They already launched it overseas, and it has been doing well. Uh, we were in a packed theater. Yes. Uh, and this is no. I mean, considering there's been three big movies coming out, uh, all of them deserve to do very well. I, I don't believe know who's so. Who's going to come out on top come Monday morning? Most likely, or post Christmas, because people may be coming out to the theaters throughout Christmas for these. You know, I mean, heck, I've gotten a chance to see both of them uh, over the last couple of days. I imagine get out to Bumblebee sometimes. This is just me. I want to see Bumblebee, but I imagine between the three, uh, Mary Poppins, I assume, will do best. I'll say this as an Aquaman nut. I'm right now wearing a shirt that I made a few years back of Aquaman. It's simply because there was no Aquaman stuff. I've seen Aquaman stuff starting to come out finally. I believe that this movie will finally give Aquaman the respect he deserves, and I believe they have. I believe people start being fans of him, which I have been waiting for years. I want to see an Aquaman movie. I mean, excuse me, cartoon. I want to see more Aquaman toys, which I've seen. I want to see uh, children starting to like Aquaman. And I think the actor is one of the reasons. I can't think of his name at the moment. Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Mm -hmm. I think he's awesome. Uh, I can't wait to see what will happen because of this. Aquaman was awesome. I give my sea-loving two thumbs up. Way to go, Jason. Way to go, King Arthur of the Sea. <laughs> Uh, you know, and prepare for a lot of fun and excitement. Yes, uh, great holiday outing. If you didn't go already in holidays, still, you know, make sure you catch. I want the soundtrack. Theaters. I like this. I yeah, love the, the music. the scoring was pretty good. I can't say that I can specifically point out a direct Aquaman theme, but it had that big choral. There's some good sight songs too. Yeah, you know. If, Really great was even when he emerges in the full Aquaman oh, suit with the trident. My favorite scene of the whole movie, man. Even though we've seen it in trailers, it was so, it's so fantastic <laughs> to see it on a big screen and just that. Da -da. And especially when he rises up, uh, which okay, I did see some foreshadowing because there was a book, H.G. Wells. Oh. Um, or not H.G. H.P. Lovecraft. Sorry, not H.G. Wells. I was gonna say but what? But did you see the, the the snow globe thing was sitting on top of a book of H.P. Lovecraft, which he's famous for creating the Cthulhu character, which is this tentacled monster. 
Ah. And the big tentacle monster in this movie that was pretty much the Kraken. I mean, oh, that's great. And there's Arthur on top. Like, and oh! I must say something else before we go <laughs> with this. I noticed something that was pretty awesome. Maybe it's just me. I'm a Thundercats fan. I noticed that whenever he puts the, the uh, Triton to his eyes, his eyes are glowing. Yes. I was like, that's so Lion-O. He's got sight beyond sight. <laughs> and, and his eye uh, uh, brows have a Lion-O look about it anyway. And so I thought, and his eyes are yellow too. And I thought, oh, that is so Lion-O. I love it. So Chris Hemsworth can play He-Man and Jason Momoa can play Lion-O. And we make those Oh, movies. that uh, would be uh, great. Like the comic book I own of them two meeting. And then do the crossover. That's that right. That would be great. Do a crossover event. He-Man and Lion-O teamed up. Yes, that would be great. Now we just have to name uh, Christopher Walken as Skeletor. <laughs> you know, He-Man. <laughs> the Little Christmas Tree by Susan Coolidge. The Christmas day was coming. The Christmas Eve drew near. The fir trees, they were talking low at midnight, cold and clear. And this is what the fir trees said, all in the pale moonlight. Now which of us shall be chosen be to grace the holy night. The tall trees and the goodly trees raised each a lofty head. In glad and secret confidence, though not a word they said, but one, the baby of the band, could not restrain a sigh. You'll all be approved, he said, but oh, what chance have I? I am so small, so very small, no one will mark or know how thick and green my needles are, how true my branches grow. Few toys or candles could I hold, but heart and will are free. And in my heart of hearts I know I am a Christmas tree. The Christmas angel hovered near. He caught the grieving word. And laughing low, he hurried forth with love and pity stirred. He sought and found St. Nicholas, the dear old Christmas saint. And in his fatherly kind ear rehearsed the fir tree's plaint. Saints are all powerful, we know, so it befell that day that axe on shoulder to the grove a woodman took his way. One baby girl he had at home, and he went forth to find a little tree as small as she, so suited to his mind. Oh, glad and proud the baby fir, amid its brethren tall, to be thus chosen and singled out, the first among them all. He stretched his fragrant branches, his little heart beat fast. He was a real Christmas tree. He had his wish at last. One large and shining apple with cheeks of ruddy gold, six tapers and a tiny doll were all that he could hold. The baby laughed, the baby crowed to see the tapers bright. The forest baby felt the joy and shared in the delight. And when at last the tapers died and when the baby slept, the little fur in silent night a patient vigil kept. Though scorched and brown its needles were, it had no heart to grieve. I have not lived in vain, he said. Thank God for Christmas Eve. Christmas Snow by Harriet Prescott Spofford The air is full of frozen flowers. The snow, the snow is falling. All, and all the voices of the north upon the winds are calling. Come, high winds, low winds, sing across the snowing swells and falls and dying lulls and wild breath blowing. Weird realm of wonder and awe, with ice fields darkly crashing, where cohorts of the cold go forth with great auroras flashing. Your high winds, low winds, blow across the meadows, blow with all your bitter will, with all your eerie shadows. 
Blow, you dark north, o'er hill and dale, with many mile of drifting, from dawn till purple twilight blow. Swift, swift your silver sifting, yet sweet world, yet glad world, despite the stormy singing. The heart of all the earth is warm while Christmas bells are ringing. A Dear Little Schemer by Mary Mapes Dodge There was a little daughter once whose feet were oh so small that when Christmas Eve came round, they wouldn't do at all. At least she said they wouldn't do, and so she tried another's. And folding her wee stocking up, she slyly took her mother's. I'll pin this big one here, she said, then sat before the fire, watching the supple dancing flames and shadows darting by her, till silently she drifted off to that queer land, you know, of nowhere in particular, where sleepy children go. She never knew the tumult rare that came upon the roof. She never heard the patter of a single reindeer hoof. She never knew how someone, and looked his shrewd surprise at the wee foot and the stocking, so different in size. She only knew when morning dawned that she was safe in bed. It's Christmas, ho! And merrily she raised her pretty head. Then, wild with glee, she saw what dear old Santa Claus had done and ran to tell the joyful news to each and every one. Mama, Papa, come and look, a lovely doll and all. And see how full the stocking is. Mine would have been too small. I borrowed this for Santa Claus. It isn't fair, you know, to make him wait forever for a little girl to grow. A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore T'was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, I tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to the objects below. When what to my wandering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and he called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled! His dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry! 
His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and he filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. This is the story of Mickey's Christmas Carol. You can read along with me in your book. You will notice time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. One snowy winter day inside mighty Ebenezer Scrooge's counting house, a cold and weary Bob Cratchit looked up from his ledgers. Mr. Scrooge! Uh, tomorrow is Christmas, and I was wondering if I could have half a day off. Well, mm, I suppose so. But I'll dock you half a day's pay. Scrooge flipped through his account book gleefully. <laughs> ah, money, money, money. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door. It was Scrooge's cheery nephew, Fred. Ah, humbug. Tis a work day, you know. Ah, oh, come on. I've come to invite you to Christmas dinner. Oh. I, uh, I suppose you're going to have a plump goose with chestnut dressing? Yes. And will you have plum pudding and lemon sauce? Yes. With roast squab and pickled raisins? Yes, yes. Will you come? You daft man, you know I can't eat that stuff. Out, out, out! Bob Cratchit spoke up timidly. But, sir... Master Fred has brought us a Christmas wreath. May I hang it on our door? You do, and I'll hang one on you. Fred handed his uncle the gift. Merry Christmas! But Scrooge jammed the wreath down over his nephew's head. And a bar humbug to you! It was clear Ebenezer Scrooge was not fond of Christmas. Once again, Scrooge returned to his ledger mumbling about money when there was another knock at the door. Two men stood shivering from the cold. Sir, we are soliciting funds for the uh, indigent and destitute. For the what? We're collecting for the poor. Scrooge smiled, jiggling the coins in his pocket. Oh, well, you realize if you give money to the poor, then they won't be poor anymore, will they? And if they're not poor anymore, then you won't have to raise money for them anymore. Well, I suppose... And if you don't have to raise money for them anymore, then you would be put out of a job. Oh, please, gentlemen, don't ask me to put you out of a job. Not on Christmas Eve. Oh, we wouldn't do that, Mr. Scrooge. All right, both of you. Out, out, out! Scrooge chased the man out into the snow and slammed the door. What's the world coming to, Cratchit? You work all your life to get money, and people want you to give it away. 
After closing time, Scrooge walked through the crowded streets, taking no notice of the merry people rushing home to their loved ones. When he arrived at his gloomy house, the door knocker took on the face of his late partner, Jacob Marley. Scrooge touched the knocker. Scrooge stumbled back. No, that can't be. Door knockers don't speak. It, it, it's simply a fragment of my imagination. It's a fignation of my fadgem. Horrified, Scrooge rushed upstairs to his bedroom, bolting the door behind him. But the ghost of Jacob Marley passed right through the door, dragging his heavy chains. A cold chill ran through Scrooge's body. His teeth began to chatter. His knees began to knock. His eyes popped. Marley blinked. Now that you finished the number, I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> uh, tonight, you will be visited by three spirits, a ghost. Listen to them, do what they say, or your chains will be heavier than mine. Then Marley quietly left. <laughs> Scrooge tossed and turned fearfully in his sleep. Suddenly, he awoke. There, perched atop the nightstand, was a tiny figure. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Come on, Scrooge. It's time to go. The bedroom window opened magically. I'm not going out there. I'll fall. Just hold on. We're going to visit your past. And with that, the two flew out over the darkened city. They stopped outside a familiar window. Scrooge saw a vision of himself as a young man, dancing at a party. That's me! The spirit nodded. Yes, that was before you became a miserable miser, consumed by greed. There's lovely Isabel. Oh, I remember how much I was in love with her. With the snap of his fingers, the ghost of Christmas past brought them to Scrooge's old counting house. Young Scrooge was busy fiddling with his books as Isabel meekly approached his desk. 9,972. 9, Ebenezer, for years I've had this honeymoon cottage, Ebenezer. I've been waiting for you to keep your promise to marry me. Now I must know, have you made your decision? I have. Your last payment on the cottage was seven minutes late. I'm foreclosing the mortgage. Scrooge could no longer bear these memories. Please, spirit, take me home. Remember, Scrooge, you loved your gold more than that precious creature, and you lost her forever. You fashioned these memories yourself, 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 yourself. In a flash, Scrooge was back in his cold bed. He had just convinced himself that the whole thing was nothing but a nightmare when a huge shadow fell across the bed, revealing a giant of a man. I am the spirit of Christmas present. Uh, I have filled the room with all of the good things that you withheld from your fellow man. Uh, look! Scrooge's beady eyes glistened as all manner of exotic food spilled out of a horn of plenty. Suckling pigs, fruitcakes, mince pies, and a prune danish to go. But when Scrooge reached for a corned beef on rye, the giant stopped him. 
We have no time for that now. Uh, we have a long way to travel and we must fly. Take hold of my robe. Uh, not back there, uh, unless you want to fly tourist. In an instant, they were at the window of Bob Cratchit's humble cottage. Scrooge watched as the family gathered around the dinner table. Happy, tiny Tim Cratchit leaned on his little crutch and watched his father serve a scrawny holiday turkey. Scrooge scratched his head. What is Cratchit doing? Carving a canary? What would you expect with the meager wage you bestow upon him? Uh, two shillings a day? The house was filled with joy as Bob began dinner. Let's not forget the man who made this glorious feast possible, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. What do you say, Tiny Tim? I say thank you, Mr. Scrooge, and God bless us, everyone. Ebenezer turned to the spirit, but the giant had disappeared. In his place stood the ghost of Christmas future, shrouded in black robes. The scene changed, and the Cratchit cottage now looked sad and dreary. As Scrooge looked into the future, he saw that the chair on Bob's left was empty. Tiny Tim was gone. Scrooge shuddered. Spirit of the future, what does this mean? No, no, I didn't want this to be. I wanted Tiny Tim to get well. That sweet darling boy. The spirit turned his back on Scrooge, and with the broad sweep of his robe, he delivered Ebenezer to a wind-swept cemetery. The ghost pointed towards two gravediggers, who were engaged in their ghoulish occupation. One of the gravediggers tossed a last shovelful of dirt. That does it. Tamp it down tight, Charlie. You know, Harold, I never saw a funeral like this one. Right. There was nobody about. No mourners, no friends. No one to shed a tear or bid him farewell. Scrooge stepped closer. Spirit, whose lonely grave is this? Why, yours, Ebenezer. The richest man in the cemetery. <laughs> Scrooge slipped and stumbled into the grave. No, I don't want my life to end this way. I want another chance. Spirit, I'll change my ways. I'll change. I'll change. Suddenly, Scrooge woke up. I'm back in my own bed. It must be. It is. It's Christmas morning. Yes, I can be a new man. I will honor Christmas in my heart and keep it all the year. He flung open the window and shouted into the street with joy. Merry Christmas, everybody. What a glorious Christmas morning. By chance, Scrooge noticed the two men who had been collecting for the poor. He dug into his bag of coins. Well, bless me. Good morning, gentlemen. I've something for you. Here you are. One hundred gold pieces, and not a penny more! <laughs> not a penny more! <laughs> the two could hardly believe their eyes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge, and a Merry Christmas to you! 
The Cratchit family was astonished to see Mr. Scrooge at the door of their cottage. His arms were laden with gifts and a plump turkey. <laughs> yes, it's Mr. Scrooge. And I've brought Christmas presents for you and all the children. Bob Cratchit was almost speechless. But, Mr. Scrooge, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? Why, only yesterday you told me Christmas was a time for giving. Well, now I'll tell you what Christmas is. There's a time that once a year, men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and celebrate the joy of the season. Scrooge had learned a lesson that he would never forget. Let it be said that no one will ever keep Christmas as well as Ebenezer Scrooge. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.